0: All right. We are continuing with our year-end interviews. Uh, just had a chat with Premier Daniel Smith. Now it is time to jump over to the opposition benches as we take a look at 2022 from the viewpoint of Alberta's NDP. Joining us now, we have Rachel Notley, leader of the NDP. Uh Ms. Notley, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. It's good to be here. Good morning to you. You know, Alberta politics, as you will know, you've been in it for a long time now. It's always wild. It's There's always something going on. I don't know if it's more chaotic than other provinces. It certainly seems that way. 2022, no exception. Um, just looking back at the year, how, how would you sum it up?
1: Well, I think it's been a hard year for a lot of Albertans. You know, I mean, we've been out... Uh, talking to folks uh, in their communities uh, throughout this year. And, and we've been hearing from folks who are worried about the fact they've, that they've essentially, uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, suffered a pay cut while at the same time trying to uh, uh, pay for their groceries uh, every month. And then at the same time, we're hearing from folks who, who either themselves or their loved ones uh, either have needed or are worried about ha- uh, needing in the future access to our health care. And, and they're very, very very concerned about the fact that they can't find a family doctor that they're worried about whether the ambulance will come when when they call and they're worried of course about about uh, the state of our emergency rooms and uh, surgical wait times
0: Uh, obviously all key issues that we've talked about a lot no question about it Um, as you well know, the, the year, uh, the news cycle around politics in Alberta and the current news cycle around politics in Alberta has been utterly dominated by the UCP, um, first of all, their leadership campaign, and now the Sovereignty Act. Um, how has it been as leader of the opposition, sort of uh, having all of this unfolding, and it's not really been a typical year for an opposition leader or a premier, there's been so much outside of the legislature going on?
1: Well, you know, I think that uh, it's been frustrating to me on behalf of Albertans, because the reality is is that, you know, the the vast majority of this year has been completely dominated by the UCP gazing at its own navel, fighting with itself fighting about issues that are internal to their party, uh, constantly fighting. And now they finally managed to drag themselves out of fighting with each other, and they're back into the legislature, and now they've got this uh, mess of a sovereignty act. And here's the thing. That is not what Albertans have ever been talking to us as being, you know, on the top five or six issues that they're most concerned about. They need someone to talk about, deal with their affordability crisis. They need uh, genuine work to Stabilize our healthcare system and improve the healthcare people can get access to. And they need to believe that there is some confidence and some stability in terms of leading our province to economic recovery and to uh, uh, resilient jobs opportunities.
0: As you say, we're all busy with the Sovereignty Act right now. It's been dominating the headlines, of course. It's been reworked. We'll be back in the legislature this afternoon. Uh, the Premier says that she had invited you and your party to come forward, submit amendments, have a discussion around this, but you refused to even get involved in that process, instead demanded just be rejected outright. Is there no common ground? Is there no ability to at least sit down and say, hey, this is something that we think needs to be done?
1: Um, Absolutely not, I'm afraid, because this act is a mess. And so let's walk through that. Uh, Just today, for instance, we heard from uh, unanimous uh, spokespeople on behalf of Alberta's treaties uh, saying that the bill absolutely has to be withdrawn because it violates treaty rights. And they are taking a motion to the Assembly of First Nations on that, and, and so that's a problem. We just had a chance to hear from former Governor of the Bank of Canada, David Dodge, who articulated that that uh, the, the very introduction of the Uncertain and Destabilizing Sovereignty Act is undermining uh, economic uncertainty. And not only does that hurt our economic recovery, he talked about how the long-term answer to our inflation crisis is expanding supply but we can't do that because now people are holding on to their dollars because they don't know what the heck is going on in Alberta and so that's all happened meanwhile we have a premier who introduced her flagship app and for several days stubbornly and, and rather arrogantly I would say accused the opposition of not having read the act of not understanding the act and, and of being incorrect in terms of what the act itself said in black and white, then she finally capitulated and offered up a couple of small changes but uh, and without acknowledging that she'd misread her act and that we were uh, correct and that she had uh, misled folks about what was in it but the fact of the matter is that those aren't the only problems in the act. It up the rule of law fundamentally. And where you lose that, you lose investors, you lose stability, and that can't be fixed without withdrawing the whole darn thing.
0: But... but I mean, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, as an opposition, you know, as a critic, that's primarily your role in our current setup. Um, you know, you, you made the criticisms. A, a lot of people did. And, and the government responded and amended the bill. I mean, that's the process. That's the opposition's role. Is there no benefit at all to saying these are the problems with the bill? This is what the governor of the Bank of Canada, the former governor says. This is what, um, our indigenous First Nations are saying about it and, and presenting that at the table and getting the bill right. Well, I would say that the bill is so flawed that it's not
1: possible for it to get right in the next whatever 12 hours that we have before they jam it through to pass it. Let's be clear. This is a premier um, who uh, is speeding up the way and the pace at which they are passing this bill at the same time that the level in the chorus of opposition grows. Um, and they they have introduced time allocation not even a week into their first session to jam the bill through because the in in a very short period of time because the longer the debate goes on the more problems we discover bottom line is this bill destroys jobs and so we can't vote for it and it is fundamentally flawed and we are hearing more and more people say that. So, um, so, so yeah, th- there's just not enough time left to fundamentally restructure it. She should have come into the house with something that, that gave us a frame from which we could start working, but she didn't. She came in with a bit of a dumpster fire, and uh, the only thing to do is put it out and uh, move on.
0: Um, in terms of Ottawa relations, um, sh- there, as you know f- full well, um, there's the, there's the Singh Trudeau, Coalition, alliance, whatever it's called by conservatives. And you're pulled into that. You are, you are tied into that. It's the notly true alliance when we talk about UCP and as they hit the campaign trail. Um, what is, what is your take on where the federal government fits into all this? We're talking a lot about Alberta. I think what Daniel Smith is saying and what she's trying to do resonates with some Albertans, at least. I don't know if it's a majority, but there are a lot of people that think the federal government has overreached, has stepped on Alberta's toes. And you get tied into that, perhaps unfairly, but you do. What is your take on Alberta versus Ottawa, or the relationship therein?
1: Well, you know, first of all, let me say that, you know, I don't, when it comes to the Alberta Sovereignty Act, I think that fixing the Act is not a thing that the federal government should have anything to do with. I think that Albertans themselves are grown-ups, and we need to uh, clear the air with the, uh, the, the mess uh, of the conversation that's happened in the last few days, led by our current Premier. That being said, when it comes to uh, standing up for Albertans, I always will do that. That is my record. That is my record in opposition. That is uh, my record in government. We have the first pipeline being built to Tidewater in over 40 years in the form of TMX. That happened under my leadership as a result of me, uh, quote-unquote, standing up to Ottawa, uh, campaigning all across the country, fam- finding allies, talking to people who were opposed to it, going into hostile rooms, not yelling at hostile rooms, but making the case in those rooms and pushing Ottawa where necessary to get that done. None of what Danielle Smith is doing or, frankly, that uh, Jason Kenney did before her has ever really been focused on getting the uh, federal government to change course. It's always been focused on stoking anger internal in Alberta and through that securing political power But for them. The problem is, is that there's not real practical efforts being made to advance Alberta's interests. They can't point to any success. We can't. And my view is that any premier, whether you're a UCP or, or a New Democrat, must stand for Albertans first. That's what I've always done, and that's what I will always do, and that's what my records show.
0: Um. As I said, with this the, the coalition that's operating in Ottawa right now and um, uh, the UCP sort of tying the Alberta NDP in with the federal NDP and then by extension with Justin Trudeau's Liberals, is that fair? Are, are, are you different from the federal NDP? Do you have different viewpoints from Jagmeet Saying He was here last week saying a lot of things. Um, you didn't push back. He was talking about the federal government stepping in and getting rid of this bill. I mean, how much space is there between the Alberta NDP and the federal NDP?
1: Uh, you know there be just quite a bit of uh, uh, differences because I represent the people of Alberta and federal politicians no matter what party they are in uh, are uh, attempting to lead the country with or without uh, success in that regard um, and so there's a tremendous amount of daylight. I have spoken out against things that judge Me has Singh has said uh, on a number of occasions in the past I've stood up for Alberta in relation to uh, provinces led by NDP governments, uh, because as I said before, my priority is al- always going to be Albertans' priorities. And I think honestly, Many Albertans know that. And so this whole alliance thing is hot air dreamed up by a bunch of desperate UC peers who are scared to have an actual election uh, discussion on the basis of the Alberta NDP's record and my leadership versus the UCP's uh, record and their current leadership. That is the way in which we should be having this conversation, not trying to play silly political games to run away from the fact that they have ignored the vast majority of their homework and their focus on their own backyard.
0: Um, one of the issues, and and you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's one that's on the minds of many Albertans right now, of course, is our healthcare system and what's going on in that. We hear the horror stories out of children's hospitals right across the province. We know that, and, and this, this is not new. This has been going on for a long time. You've been very critical of the UCP. I guess the question I have is what would you have them do or what would you do? Because it's being duplicated in other provinces it's it's happening in the united states it's not a uniquely alberta problem so uh, it's easy to be the critic and say do something do something but if you were in her position what would you be doing to help people out today this afternoon with a sick kid
1: for sure well that's a you know that's a really really important question and so let me pull back for just a moment and acknowledge that what you're saying is is true that we have Pressures on healthcare systems all around the world. Everybody is is struggling from the consequences of the pandemic. I, however, would argue that the challenges we're facing in Alberta are worse, uh, that we had farther to fall because we actually uh, had had some stability and some improvements uh, during the term of our government. Um, And and now, uh, and and a lot of that uh, as a result. Um, flows from some particularly bad decisions taken by the UCP over the last three and a half years. Ripping up the doctor's agreement, threatening the jobs of nurses, telling respiratory therapists they had to secure a, a 10% rollback in their salaries in the middle yeah, of the okay, rest- but, but what's the solution? All those kinds of things. So, that being said, there's a few things that we need to do. First of all, we need to understand that the UCP outside of emergent and unpredictable funding has actually cut um, uh, healthcare funding in Alberta over the last three and a half years in the, uh, in the face of population and inflation. And so we do need to be providing more resources. The other thing we need to be doing is we need to be working collaboratively with our frontline healthcare providers, listening to the the advice that they say, not accusing them of manufacturing a fake shortage, not questioning science. Uh, We need to embark upon what we would do, which is the biggest recruitment effort for frontline healthcare providers ever seen um, in the history of this province. And in the meantime, we need to do the things that, like, for instance, we've got this horrible uh, uh, delays with respect to ambulances. You know, it's been months and months and months that the paramedics themselves have said, you know, it would help us have more folks on the ground if you stopped treating us like casual employees with no rights, gave us permanent contracts and a few benefits. Yet have we seen one move on that front from the UCP? No. Uh, she's very good at firing people. She's reorganizing the, the deck chairs on the Titanic by firing the board, but she's not very good at hiring them. And that's what we need to be focused because we do know that it's a shortage of frontline health care workers mm-hmm, definitely drop a big part of the problem we're all facing right now
0: yeah no question it, it, it is a it is a human resources issue uh, unfortunately that's all the time that i have um rachel notley thanks so much for being here today i appreciate it very much